Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Kaylin Patterson, P4P Real Talk Midwest Muscle in the house. And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals, like a Mac truck through ice cream, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's chit chatter with the banter. Uh, this is Kaylin Pattis, and I have Desert coming on pretty soon, co-hostess with the most. And we've got a big, big weekend for natural bodybuilding coming up. Exciting. Lots of top names, lots of A-list competitors, well-known, established competitors, as well as uh, first-time competitors at these big shows, and also some coming back for the second time, trying to do a, a better chance of what they did. The first time we went to the big names. I mean, that's uh, competing at these international shows are much different than uh, regular competitions because, for one, you have to qualify to compete in them, and uh, two, you're basically doing an international show representing your your country, and that's not an easy thing to do with everything that's going on. And uh, you know, when you have that flag raised above your head. And there's all kinds of uh, understanding and the full weight of what's going on happening right as you're getting ready to step on stage. It's really a proud moment, but it's also sometimes overpowering and intimidating to an extent where you just don't know or understand, you know, exactly what you got into. Because you, if you competed locally, it's one thing. But when you have foreign languages standing right next to you trying to shake your hand and wish you well and you have no clue what's going on other than the fact that you're about to get on stage, it's really something else. And there's a lot that goes into preparing for these big shows. I mean, of course, they're the the premier shows for the year for the competitors and promoters and the organization as well. And we have two this weekend. One would be the IP World and uh, one would be the Natural Olympia. And both are, are well represented. I mean, the Midwest is representing in both. Uh, this is uh, an affiliate of Midwest Muscle P4P Real Talk, so we're always happy to see the big names going out to either coast and representing well. Uh, one name in particular, Meshach Oching, is going to be doing the IP Worlds, and he did quite well at the, the, the Jordan Cup, and he actually won that. And now he's going to be taking his uh, body and then in stature and seeing how he can do at the IPE world. Now, he did quite well at the KC Classic, so we'll see if he can uh, basically do the fall and, uh, no, the spring, the, the summer and the fall shows and see how it turns out. I mean, he's going up against, again, some very top names and uh, seeing how he's going to do. Now we have uh, the... Natural Olympia as well, 
going on, and that's going up on the the West Coast. So anybody that doesn't uh, doesn't make it to the the Midwest and compete is also going to be trying their best to uh, represent their country at the uh, Natural Olympia. This is a big show in itself. It's actually considered called an event because it takes three days. I know the IT world is, uh, has grown. It's well uh, organized as well. So you don't have two top-quality shows, two top-quality organizations uh, representing, you know, natural bodybuilding to its fullest. And then we also have the DFAC world coming up, so that's going to be a big show as well. So, you know, there's a lot of good competition, a lot of good organizations basically representing natural bodybuilding at its finest. And please understand that if you dip your hat into these shows, you had best come correct because it's not something to take lightly. It's not something you can just basically spend eight weeks getting ready for because some of these competitors have spent at least uh, 20, 24 weeks preparing, some even longer because they take it that serious. And, you know, every competitor should, but they actually understand what they're getting into, and they it's not really a surprise for them. A lot of them are being pros about it, even in the amateur stance, and then you have people that have been pros and know what a pro physique is supposed to look like and are bringing that as well. So when you have these kind of shows and these kind of athletes showing up, everybody is going to be getting a present long before Christmas and Thanksgiving because you have basic natural bodybuilding being shown at its finest. And lots of people are qualified. And I'm just speaking on the male side. So when Dad comes on, she'll be uh, speaking on the female side of the competitive. Lots of good competitive stuff out there. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Loretta. I know she competed at the Jordan and she won, and she's been, you know, going through a lot with, with family and friends and, uh, you know, her 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 people, and it's it's a lot going on with that. And I'm just glad that she was able to bring and represent her best in spite of everything that's been going on. She still found a way. I know she's got Truman backing her up, so it was nice to see that and uh, nice to know she has that kind of support. And uh, <laughs> he's also a snake charmer. I, I forgot to mention, I mentioned that on last show where there was a snake that was in their house and he thought, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, guys, I know. <laughs> I know. I see the, the, the faces. Got it, got it, got it. We understand that is quite a shocking thing, but it is a true story and they have the video to prove it. And he just came home, got the snake out of the house and then went back to work. So he is that kind of guy. So hats off to that. Um, we have a lot of good shows coming up. Lots of uh, good stories and lots of good people. And we also want to be speaking to the guests that are winning at the the big shows, the big dance. I mean, we've, uh, we've dealt with some pre-big dance shows. Uh, Gorilla Mackey is one of them. He's going to be at the IP. Um, I know we had Benario on, and uh, he's going out to the – he's representing the Midwest going out to the, the – I can't get the names right. My brain is fried. I'm starting to sound like that. Um He's going out to the National Olympia, and he basically was overwhelmed the first time he went out, and now he's going to be going out there and doing his best to bring some hardware back to the Midwest, right out of our area, one of the locals. So it's nice to have the people that we've had on as guests still pursuing the natural bodybuilding of genre and, and stepping on stage and representing the Midwest. Like I said, we are Midwest officers, so we're happy to have these guys out there 
So the national is going to be a phenomenal show. And we're also going to have a great representation from the Midwest, of course, at the IPE World. So, you know, I'm really excited as a fan. I'm kind of uh, disappointed that for two years running, I haven't been able to get out to the shows and, and, and represent Midwest Muscle as Midwest Muscle instead of having the competitors representing the Midwest. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, hypocritical on my side, and I do take a full blame for it. I should have prepared better. Life happened. I'll try to represent Midwest also better next year. Des, how you doing? I am great. Glad to be here. Hello, everybody. Hope you're enjoying your November so far. I can't believe it's this time of year. And KP, you know what, buddy? You represent the Midwest everywhere you go, whether it's via airwaves or in person. So don't beat yourself up too much. Yeah, you know how badly we wanted to get to these shows, and I'm just a little bit. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. But yeah, so, when things are out of your control, they're out of your control. Yeah, that's true. But thank God for Frank and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord for Frank and Mike. And hey, why don't you explain what Frank and Mike is for some of our listeners who don't know? Oh. You know, I don't think we ever did explain Frankenbike. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> anytime you have a passion for something, people take notice. And um, I had a Cross Rocket Yamaha 600 ZR, and I was just so elated to have another motorcycle after my motorcycle accident. And people were saying, aren't you scared to get on it? You know, this, whatever. And I was just so happy to have it. And I had it lowered, and that thing could fly like the wind, and I enjoyed every mile and every speed that I could attain. <laughs> but anywho, I had, uh, I, I don't know if anybody's familiar with this TV show, Chicago Fire, but in that show, there is plenty of motorcycles that are in it. The owner of those motorcycles for that TV show is also the mechanic that worked on my motorcycle. And he and I just uh, would hang out and talk because we talk shop about motorcycles and would have a great time doing so. And he's just, uh, he's passionate about motorcycles and he's passionate about uh, fixing them and working on them. And he puts his heart into them. And uh, one of the things he told me when he fixed the, the Yamaha crack rocket was that, you know, don't, don't try to, cheap your way into riding a motorcycle because you only got two wheels and one engine on the road. So if you take your test, usually you pay for it with either road rash, meaning an accident, or your life. And so I put my trust in him and God, and um, he took care of that bike. But the one thing he saw every time he would, you know, do maintenance on the bike for when it was supposed to be checked out was that I didn't have 100 or 200 miles on the bike when I'd come back. I'd have 1,000 or 3,000, and then it was 10,000. And you're talking 10,000 miles in one month, and then 10,000 miles the next month, and then 10 miles, 1,000 miles the next month. And he said, boy, you must really like this bike because you've gone through what basically a complete overhaul on the motorcycle, and the summer's not even over. I was doing this from March until August. So, you know, at the end, it was about, I don't know, maybe 
fifty some odd thousand miles. He just missed all that time we were talking when the bike had been stolen. And you know, I let him know it had been stolen, and you know, we were able to stop by. And he just, at that moment, when I had called and told him that the bike wasn't going to be there and I wouldn't be stopping by, he found a frame and started working on a bike and put it together just so I would have something to ride because it, it was I was just heartbroken with the message I left him. And he felt that when I called, and he started working on a bike until he had one completed. So he took plenty of parts from plenty of bikes and put one together for me. And I've been riding Frankenbike ever since, and I'm just thanking God for that uh, that chance and that opportunity for somebody just thinking enough of me to wanting to do that. As I love the heart guys, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> this is as basically calling out. This is real talk, so we're gonna. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna explain it, so there you go. It's um it's uh it was a work in progress. It uh doesn't look like much, um, but for me it looks like the world because this person uh, the guy's name is Ray Cryer, if anybody wants to know. Uh he's out of uh, out of the area and a great guy. Like I said, really passionate about his work. He doesn't take shortcuts on the bike, but he does like to get the top quality parts. So he knows that every rider is safe on the road. And like I said, there's two wheels on that bike, and he wants to make sure that they're holding traction and basically keeping you safe. And I just love that he would do all those things to make sure that I was safe when I had the crash rocket. And then that he had taken all that time. It was about a year in between uh, me losing the bike till he made the Franken bike. And then all that he had to do to basically get it up to stuff. Um, okay, Carrie, uh, I get it. Carrie, the bike is a 1981 Kawasaki. I couldn't tell you what the frame is from. I know it's a street rider. It's no longer a crotch rocket. Oh, well, it never was, but I, I, I was riding a crotch rocket before. And, uh, yes, I do wear a helmet, uh, something my co-host made sure, my mom, and also the first lady of the church, they made me give my word that I would do so, and I did not take that lightly. And I, when they're not looking, I'm not not worth wearing the helmet. I wear it as often as possible. I didn't like it at first simply because it seemed to take away my freedom and restricted my ride. But once the bug stopped hitting in my face, it wasn't so hard to change. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's Frankenbike in a nutshell. Uh, guys, I'm not the, the speeder anymore. I keep it at 70 because I think that's about all the bike can do anyway. But I haven't uh, pushed it beyond that. I, I really enjoy it. And uh, for a minute, I, I, I thought I had destroyed the bike because I finally took it on the open road and uh, something happened where oil was filling out. I took it to the mechanic. He were fixed it free of charge, and I was back on the road in less than a day. So I, I'm very thankful for Frankenbike. I'm very thankful for Ray for, you know, putting it together like that. And also, you know, really happy with him thinking enough of me to even want to do that, you know, because he, he definitely didn't sell it for the price of what it's worth. Uh, I don't think I'll sell it simply because he put so much into it to make it mine. So I'm going to own it. And basically until the wheels fall. And I, I hopefully I'm not on it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully so. Hopefully so. And and but if it were to happen, I guarantee you it would be on a Tuesday or Thursday 
because around you know, 7 o'clock, I'll be looking for you, and you won't be there. And that just seems to be how it goes. So, you know, let's just let's just minimize our Tuesday and Thursday travel if you think something iffy is going. But I think every other day of the week, you will be just fine. <laughs> I, I have to agree with you because it does seem to plan out that way. Um, I was telling everybody about the upcoming week, but I forgot to, I was remiss in saying what happened with the Jordan, and we did promise that to our listeners, and they have the question mark coming in now. So, Des, if you can oh take hold of it. All right. Well, I will be happy to do that. I am going to need Kalen Patterson at least one more minute of filler here as I am driving I and I just need to get parts <laughs> because there are a couple things that I want to be able to share other than the results and I'm going to have to read them so that is why I need to uh, I don't think the other the other travelers on the road will appreciate it if I'm uh, weaving in and out because I'm trying to read and drive at the same time okay not a problem uh, Dad is on the road, obviously, and uh, I was, she, she she messaged me in time to let me know that I had to be the host today, and I'm honored to be the host because I know she's had to struggle so much with everything she does. But one of the things I was talking about is uh, the Rita and the snake charmer because you guys were asking. Um, it's mm-hmm. not a pet snake. It was not a pet snake that she had in the house. This is something that uh, just basically wandered in, found a way in the house, and parked out because it was enjoying the heat. Of the home, and Truman was the snake charmer, and I mean that he came home. He basically took care of the snake, got it out of the house, and went back to work. Didn't make a big deal out of it. Just kind of basically tended to the needs of his wife, and uh, said, "Hey, you know, thanks for calling me, and uh, I'll be home soon." So you know, it's uh, it wasn't a pet. It was, I think, four foot in length. Everybody thought it was a lot smaller. But Truman's a tall fellow, and he's also a large individual, obviously, being a competitor in, uh, in the, the men's tall class and heavyweight. So he's not a small fellow. So, yeah, he did make the snake look smaller than it actually was, but he, he he took care of it, and he did not kill the snake. He didn't destroy it. He just got it outside, uh, took it away from the property, and uh, released it. So there you go. Every time that... Uh, <laughs> this man does something. It seems to turn bigger simply because who he is and what he does and how he does it. So hats off for that. Uh, great job with that, guys. And uh, Des, are you ready? I am ready. Wow, it sounds like I missed a heck of a post. I'm going to have to go look for that and check that out. Yes, so you will. <laughs> keep us. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, to keep us moving on, so tonight is Yorton night, and I realize we are a week out, but that's just kind of how uh, things shook out. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with the background of how the Yorton Cup got its name. And so Matt Shepley, who is um, he is the head of the OCB organization, um, had posted had posted a really nice write up about how the Yorton got his name and why Chet Yorton, who who is the namesake of the competition, um, and why he is his idol. So why Chet 
is uh, Matt Shepley's idol. So I've, I've got that background here, and I wanted to share that because sometimes it's just good to know, um, you know, how some of these things got started. So I'm, uh, it's actually pretty lengthy. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to be paraphrasing in some instances, um, reading verbatim in others, but hopefully just to give you um, a good feel for where this whole came from. Came from. So here's the story behind the Jordan Cup name. Uh, bodybuilding began as an activity centered around health, but after anabolic steroids were introduced, what was once healthy began to transform into something quite the opposite. Eventually, the time came where it seemed a bodybuilder didn't stand a chance of winning a major championship title unless he used steroids. Competitors were basically left with the decision of either having to use drugs to be competitive, risking their health in the process, or dropping out of competition altogether. And this is where uh, Chet Yorton comes into the picture. Um, He was born in 1939 in Wisconsin. He grew up in the state um, uh, around his 18th year. He was in a horrible um, automobile accident. I guess one month shy of his 18th birthday, he was riding in a friend's car Mm -hmm. when the automobile lost control at a curb and ran headfirst into a tree. Um, needless to say, the young Yorton um, sustained a laceration to his left eye, a cut on his left forearm from his elbow to his wrist, dislocation of his hips, and shattered thigh bones. Surgical repair required having a steel plate wrapped around his right thigh bone and a steel rod inserted into the femur bone of his left leg. Um, And while in the hospital, he noticed a set of dumbbells in the corner of his room. And prior to this time, he had never touched a weight. And so he experimented with these dumbbells doing exercises Um, whatever was possible from his wheelchair. And uh, it says here he felt an instant connection with the weights. He asked his doctor if using the weights could assist with his recovery, and the doctor said yes. And so from there, the love affair continued. Um, When Yorton was finally able to get out of a wheelchair, he weighed 160 pounds and had a a 35-and-a-half-inch waist. Seven months later, he was 55 pounds heavier with a waist that was three-and-a-half inches slimmer and he continued to train, and in 1959, he entered his first bodybuilding contest. So the accident happened in 1957, and he entered his first bodybuilding contest two years later. And then shortly after that, he opened his own gym in 1960. He competed and won a number of titles, but then he was drafted into the armed forces two years into ownership of his gym, which he sold. Uh, prior to enlisting, but he was discharged not too long after uh, because of one leg being shorter than the other, an inch shorter, because of the um, car accident. So shortly after, he came home to Wisconsin at age 23. So here's this kid, just shy of his 18th birthday, goes through this tragic car accident. Well, not totally tragic, but, you know, very serious. He heals himself, or is healed. God heals him. Um, discovers weights, and within two years, he opens his own gym and starts competing in bodybuilding. <laughs> At the young age, in his you know of his early twenties, and so then he's coming home after enlisting, age twenty three. He decides to move to Southern California, 
And the first gym he worked out there was the Dungeon on 4th Street in Santa Monica. And when weather permitted, he also worked out on Muscle Beach, where he was discovered by a casting agent looking for muscle men to be in a movie. The movie was Muscle Beach Party, released in 1964, starring Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. And uh, several of the gym members, along with Chet Yorton, were chosen for the part. Um, it says Yorton first became aware of steroids in 1964. He was tempted to use them until he spoke to a doctor who told him about possible side effects such as acne, gynecomastia, which is a formation of breast tissue in males, impotence, hair loss, headaches, increased risk of heart disease, kidney problems, liver problems, high blood pressure, and stunted growth if used at too early of an age. After learning of these side effects, Jordan began to speak out and educate others about the dangers of steroid use. He was one of the earliest competitors to do so. So in uh, September of 1966, Chet Yorton claimed the IFBB Mr. America title in New York. One week later, he claimed the NABA, which stands for National Amateur Bodybuilders Association, which is the organization that uh, Joe Perez um, Runs the Chi-Town Showdown Showdown Under, um, one of the few natural shows in that organization. So, um, so Yorton won claimed the NABA Amateur Mr. Universe title in London, and this was one of only three times where someone would beat Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Chet Yorton beat Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I guess was only beat three times ever in his competitive career. After winning these events, Chet retired from competition. Uh, he had achieved his goal, which was to win the Mr. America title. And secondly, he felt drug use and bodybuilding was spreading to the point that natural competitors didn't have much of a chance of winning anymore. Um, the year following his retirement, he appeared in the 1967 movie release, Don't Make Waves, starring Tony Curtis and Sharon Tate. And later on, uh, he uh, spotted... What up, Kaylin? Wow. No, I I, just, I heard I'm, as a fan of uh, bodybuilding and active, actors in movies, um, Sharon Tate is a name that rings a sad felt bell because, uh, you know, she was murdered while she was pregnant. Oh, okay. So he he appeared in a movie with Sharon Tate, and that's, wow, that's a tragic story. I'll have to come back to that yeah. one on another time. I'll have to look into that. Um, and then he met his wife, Vicky, on Muscle Beach. She stated in an interview in 2006, as soon as I saw her, I knew I had to have her. And uh, four years after they got married, they had a lovely daughter, Shannon, um, who has made her own mark in the fitness world as a top caliber figure competitor and as the creator of the now highly successful nutrition company, Quest Bars. So... Um, how about that? So that is the individual that the Yorton Cup is named after. So I know some of you are probably wondering, did Chet Yorton start the Yorton competition? And I don't know. It doesn't say, and I haven't come across the background information that tells me who is actually responsible for starting the Yorton um, competition. But we will... Uh, we will have to look into that, and we'll report back on the next yes, show. I just did not have a chance to dig that far um, prior to tonight's especially show. So now, especially while I'm driving. I know, I know. But 
you all will be excited that I do have the uh, results from from the show, which is what you all are wanting to hear. Any it. Any And this, I mean, Kayla Patterson, what is it you're saying over there? I said we got 30 happy faces. So they're ready for the audience. Um, You guys are all ready for the audience. So this was a pro-am. So there's an amateur leg and a pro stage as well. Um, So let's get through the results. I know there was some scuttle. We kind of addressed this on an earlier show. Um, And if we don't have time today, you know how we are, guys. We'll pick it back up on the next. Do the results first. And then we we, uh, we can we can address the scuttle if we if we are able. Okay, so huge show, and there were a lot of classes, um, even on the pro stage, which is pretty much unheard of, um, except for IPE Worlds. And even then, it, it, they the numbers don't quite match the Yorton. So here we go. We're going to start with men's bodybuilding, and this is uh, pro class A. So there were there were three men's pro bodybuilding classes. So in A, we had um, you know what these are the pros. So I'm going to go ahead and just list all of the placings. I'm not going to go with just the top five, um, but uh, then we will give you your overall winner at the end. So in men's pro bodybuilding class A, ninth place goes to Tony Yates, eighth to Andy Lavelli. Uh, seventh to Marcus Herdina, Herdina. Um, sixth place to Alonzo Allen, fifth place to Bart Simangira. <laughs> I've got my butcher knife with me tonight, folks. Uh, fifth place, <laughs> oh, that was Bart. Fourth place goes to Alex <laughs> Bartanian. Um, third place to oh, Richard yeah. Foreman, Greg Place, <laughs> Greg Place. Second place to Greg Trombley. In first place, you guys all know the name, Meshach Oshing. First place in men's bodybuilding pro class A. All right, here we go with men's bodybuilding pro class B. In ninth place, we had Tim Pitka. Eighth place, Christopher Miller. Seventh place, Matt Weimeister, v- v- Meister probably. Uh, sixth place goes to Ravel Passant. Fifth place to Leonard Atkins. Fourth place to Eric Mills. Third place, here's another familiar name that we just had on the show, is uh, Garino Iron Lord Mackey. Came in yes. third place in Class B. Uh, second place, Justin Penn. And first place to Victor Igonu. So there is your men's bodybuilding pro class B. And then in men's bodybuilding pro class C, ninth place goes to Jonathan Booth. Eighth place, Gerald Harvin. Seventh place, Kenneth Johnson. Sixth place, Michael Pucci. Fifth place, Reginald Allen or or Pucci, P-U-C-C-I. No, Kalen Patterson, I did not. <laughs> bring yep, bring it back around, my friend. Love you too. All right, <laughs> fourth place, Brandon Wattis, another familiar name. Uh, third yes, place, indeed. Ray Clark. Second place, Chad Havunin. And first place went to Magnum McRae. So there you guys have it. Three pro men's bodybuilding classes, twenty-seven competitors. 
that's a really, really big pro men's class. So for the overall, for the overall, um, I'm just going to go ahead and go with the top three for the overall. Third place went to Victor Iganu. He walked away with $1,000 cash prize. Second place went to Magna McCrae. $2,000 cash prize. And then the $3,000 first place award went to Meshack Oshing. Took the overall title of the men's pro bodybuilding. He is the Yorton overall bodybuilding champion. So hands together. Um, hands together for those guys. Kaylin, why don't you give us your rundown of the thoughts on these names? Well, I'm going to take a step back and first uh, talk about Brandon Wattis and that wonderful post he did today on Facebook, giving a shout-out to, to Meshach and basically giving the breakdown of everything that man has done this year, aside from the fact of competing, and that was basically, you know, doing the get-togethers for the natural athletes and basically sparking interest in talking about uh, natural competitions and natural athletes. He's a big uh, supporter, obviously, of natural bodybuilding, but he's also a big supporter of uh, natural lifestyle and living. So, you know, big shout-out to him and Diane and how he's been doing things. And the rundown, I mean, it's a who's who of competitors. I mean, Ray Clark is just ginormous, and I have I had the chance to uh, to judge him, and I got to see the improvements he's done on his legs, and they are just phenomenal. And uh, I mean, if he really nails down that condition, and he's going to be a top competitor all the way through, because his legs when he's diced is just phenomenal. He's got very thick legs. The only time I've seen someone with thicker legs at his height would be the Cleveland Thomas or Phil Ricardo Jr. So that shows you the things that he's working with. And now, you know, with Meshack, of course, what do you got to say? What do you got to say? This guy is just a phenomenal physique. Um, he's going to bring it. I mean, he, he, he doesn't shy away from the hard work, the diet, and he definitely doesn't shy away from the gym and the weight. So it's always nice to see him out there, one of the most humble players he's going to have out there. And just uh, phenomenal. I mean, he, you figure the top three at that show had to be just amazing for them to be coming out of those classes. You and you have like Garino Mackey getting third. I can only imagine how the athletes look because uh, uh, I haven't seen the full spread of the lineup. But I can just, like I said, with just what uh, Garino was taking there and what Meshack did, it, it just had to be a, a great time for the audience and the competitors alike. Yes. Oh, no, I would definitely agree. And the one thing that I appreciate about Jordan that you don't typically see is that the top three uh, finishers of each class all got to compete in the overall. Oh, wow. So I, yeah. So there were nine competitors in the overall. And the reason I found that so exciting is because, you know, typically you just have your first place winners in the overall. But having the top three, I mean, that could really shake things up. I mean, you could you could expect yeah. that, you know, the first place winners of each class, they'd all walk away with, you know, being somewhere in the top three. But really, you know, maybe the second place finisher from, you know, class C 
could have beat out, you know, the second or third place finisher in class B or even the first place finisher in class B. So it really just brought the competition up another notch because you have more competitors that have another chance and and they got to compete across the board more evenly. We we have a detractor. This is from Thomas and he says if they got third place, what's the point? Um I can jump on that if well, you want, or you can Oh, well, I'll I'll say my two cents, and then you can say your two cents, because each of these, so all of these men are separated by class, and they're separated by height. So not all 27 men got to compete against each other. They only got to compete against their class. So by giving the top three an opportunity to compete in the overall, they got to compete against a broader cross-section of those pro competitors than they would have if they had only competed against the athletes in their class. So even though, say, pro men's class C, that third place physique, it might have been better than a physique in class B or class A. So he still had an opportunity to maybe finish, you know, higher than he did in his individual class just because he wasn't on stage with any of the competitors from the other two classes at the time he was judged. So if that's clear as mud, I'm sure Kalen can work help work that out. Yes. Yes, I can. There's three factors that, uh, you know, the audience might miss that the competitors do not. A lot of times some people have morning bodies, some people have afternoon bodies, and some people just stay, you know, fit the whole day. Their, their diet is on point and everything just fell into place and the body they basically showed exactly what was going on. There's some competitors, Dad being a judge and myself as well, actually get harder as they, they start to warm up and uh, start coming in tighter. And the more they pose, the better they start to look. So I can uh, imagine what some of those athletes probably look like that night if they kept on point and kept on their diet. I've seen some athletes lose the overall when they were basically hands down first place. Uh, in in the morning, and they come back, and, and maybe not even an hour later, and they've lost everything because they spilled over from uh, doing the diet incorrectly. So, you know, you might see some, some of the athletes flip-flop. A lot of times I've seen it, and people are frustrated because it's happened, but the judge can only judge what's presented before them at that time it's being judged. If it's an overall, you don't go off the score that morning. You have to basically judge what you're seeing at that time. So, you know, it, it would be great to see that. I'm liking that they did that. Plus, being pro, pro athletes, they love that extra work, and they love that time to shine in front of, you know, the audience and basically still stay in competition with what they're doing because, you know, who who doesn't like to show what they've done and all the practice they put into it. So, you know, when you talk about the pro stage, I'm loving that they gave them that extra time on ta- on stage to, and uh, to shine, and also made it a competitive side too as well to so get the an audience engaged in it. So there's a lot of things that go on, you know, and I'm glad that they gave them that extra time to do it. Yes? Yes. I mean, true competitors like to compete, and the more athletes you can compete against, the better. So I, I was really appreciative. I enjoyed watching it anyway and just seeing that extra level of competition there. Um, so here we go. Let's continue on with our look at the pros. Uh, women's physique pro, 
So we had in seventh place, we had Claudia Nadu. Uh, sixth place, Silvana Bazalari. Fifth place, Melissa Shaver. Fourth place, Heather Moss. Third place, Aaron Dugan. Second place, Aaron Fergus. And first place went to Nikki Stott. So that's your Women's Physique Pro um, lineup. And then we had Pro Figure, and in Pro Figure there were a ton of athletes as well, so that is exciting. Um, there were three classes of Pro Figure athletes, or three, there were two, sorry about that. So Pro Figure A, 11th place, you had Crystaline Munoz. 10th place, Benita Joeff. 9th place, Sierra Marbley. 8th place, Dilka Savankova. 7th place, Amy Downing, sixth place, Gia Bichara, fifth place, Dehaba Sylvester, fourth Yikes. place, Jacqueline Roy, <laughs> third place, Kirsten Campbell, second place, Jessica Powell, and first place, Samantha Beanberg. All right, pro figure class B. You have tenth place, went to, oh, my goodness. I'm just going to call her Lima Gardner, and uh, I hopefully, you know, I, I I have a feeling people call her that for short. I could be wrong, but that's what she's going to be tonight. Um, Sarah Schreiberg, eighth place, Kelly LaFrancis, seventh place, Darlene Maitland, sixth place, Nicole Goodnow, fifth place, Sarah Trudeau, fourth place, Maria Kim Cologne, third place, Janelle Hall, second place, Tiffany Chapman, and first place, there she is, folks, Loretta Ward, first place in Pro Figure B at the Yorker. And then for the overall, um, I'm going to go ahead and just read the top three. And, again, they took the top three pros for both classes. And um, you had third place, went to Samantha Feenberg. Second place, Jessica Powell, and first place went to Loretta Ward. So that is awesome. So let's so let's just break this down. You know, just building off of our last comp- our last conversation. So we were like, so what? If you didn't place first, you know, what does that matter in the overall? Well, if you take a look at it, third place here was Samantha Feenberg. And she was your number one, she was your first place winner for Pro Figure A. Second place went to Jessica Powell. She was, where is Miss Jessica Powell? She was second place in Pro Figure A. So she took second place to uh, Samantha in the prelims, but in the overall, she beat Samantha. So that's an example of the flip-flop and the judges having to judge what they see on stage and whatever happened in the overall, Jessica came on top. So, um, you know, if if they hadn't put the top three in in this category, it does make a difference. Jessica would not have had an opportunity to compete in the overall if they had only went with their first place winners. So that's... There you have it. I find that very find that very interesting. All right, Um, pro bikini, three classes, 
And, uh, again, very large classes. So let's start with the lineup in Pro Bikini Class A. Uh, we had Jessica Aguirre, 12th place. Rochelle Agatuka, 11th. Uh, Brittany Gilbert, 10th place. Brianna Shores, 9th. Cassidy Mullins, 8th. Evan Himgeffer. I'm feeling yeah. like that's maybe even English. I'm not even sure. Because she was 7th place. 6th um, place went to Tracy Poynton. 5th uh, place to Myla Siriani. 4th uh, to Corinne Orkowski. 3rd to Bianca Cooper. 2nd to Joanna Clayton. And first place to Bronwyn Krauss. So that was Pro Bikini Class A. Uh, Pro Bikini Class B, 12th place, went to Aaron Cooper. 11th to Atrinia Cardonia. 10th to Alexis Schrader. Uh, 9th to Madeline Vop. 8th to Sarah Hoffman. 7th to Ashley Crandall. 6th to Lindsay Giggy. Or Giggy. 5th uh, place to Regina Perez. 4th to Ra- Rachel Miller. Third to Marie Funk, second to Mary Davis, and first to Tara DiNicola. So that was your pro bikini lineup uh, for Class B. And then for Class C, you had 11th place, Brittany Gaffney, 10th place to Maisha Rogers, 9th to Brandy Flotton, 8th to Omi Oyeguni, 7th to Lindsay oh, wow. Ehring, 6th to Don Granger, uh, fifth place, Allison Cameron Perry. Fourth, Teresa Johnson. Third, Jasmine Bagnery. Second, Jessica Ostrowski. And if you recall, last Somebody year at the Yorton, uh, Jesse came in first. But here, she yeah. got second place. So congrats, Jessica. And uh, first place to Jordan Harris. All right, now let's take a look at the overall lineup. Top three. Third place went to Jessica Trowski, second to Bronwyn Krauss, and first place went to Jordan Harris. Now that my curiosity is piqued, where did Bronwyn Krauss end up the first time around? Curiosity. <laughs> well, now. Well, now I know all of them, and right now her name is escaping me in the sea of, okay, she was first place in Bikini A. She was first place in Bikini A. Jessica was second place in Bikini C, and she came in third. So there were a couple of first places that did not finish in the top three. There you go. So Thomas, there you have it. Yeah. Oh, stop picking on Thomas. I I I am just intrigued by this now, and I you know find that very exciting. So there we have it. A lot of just phenomenal competitors. A huge, huge, huge show. I just I am very much looking forward to making it to the Yorton one of these days. Um, and the amateur side was just as big. I uh, I really don't I'm, – I'm not even going to get started on the amateur side tonight because I'm not going to be able to get through the whole thing, and I, uh, I don't want to do an injustice to it. So we'll have to take a look at the amateur side another night. Um, we'll look at that as soon as we can. 
um, Thursday, depending. We're working on our special guest for Thursday. We're uh, in the midst of checking schedules right now. Um, it may or may not pan out. If our guest pans out, uh, we'll probably end up talking about the amateur side of the York next week. But if their schedules don't um, allow them to participate, then we'll definitely cover that on Thursday. But while we are at it, um, so let's just go ahead and get to the scuttle. Let's go ahead and get to the schedule. It had to do with the pro side of the Yorton competition anyway. Some of you are already aware. I'm sure you have questions. But there was some disagreement with the amount of payout that the pros won. And I didn't um, continue to read those amounts, but they were pretty much the same. In any of the pro classes, third place received $1,000, second place received $2,000, first place received $3,000. And so the scuttle was, as large as the show was, for the number yes. of pros that this show grew, shouldn't those payouts mm -hmm. have matched the number of athletes that stepped on the stage, meaning the payout should have been higher? That is the opinion of some that are out there. Kaylin, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I I agree. It should have been higher. I mean, uh, last year, the, the payouts were double those amounts, and they went to uh, – you know, the classes as well. So it's very odd that they would shrink the pay and also um, shrink the, the the amount of winnings to the – because usually the classes would, you know, the, the different classes, A, B, and C, would get maybe two fifty five hundred and then 1000 and then the overall would go with 7500 of uh, five thousand and three thousand, so it's really odd that they cut everything so low for such. I mean, for the OCB, their biggest show of the year, and they they it, it seemed like a um, an injustice to the the pros that competed. Great show, I mean, hands down, one some of the top biggest top names at that time, but the payouts didn't really seem to justify the pro status that these competitors and the physiques that they brought. So I'm a little lost in why, and, uh, you know, so far Matt hasn't addressed that. And, honestly, I don't think he will. Um, I'm sure he thinks with, uh, you know, the two big shows coming up this uh, this weekend that it will be lost in the wash. But you still have the athletes that, you know, are holding that kind of time and grudge. Like, you know, why go? and spend so much time prepping for a show where, you know, your status of a pro isn't really being addressed this uh, day. Um, you know, I would agree. I, you know, and it's really hard. I mean, it's, you can always go up, but it's really hard to step back from something once you've already put it out there, meaning if you already have a history of, giving much higher payouts, and your level of competition has not decreased, although I would have to go back and do my homework and look at the numbers overall from year over oh, year. Right. But when you're, when you're looking at 27 pro bodybuilders stepping on your yes. stage, you have to split them up in three classes, you know, the participation is there. Now, maybe yes. the sponsors weren't there. I don't know. I mean, there's probably a lot of factors that have played into this. It's just 
you know, I don't know, questionable at best. And I wonder if the athletes were aware that the prize money was going to be no, they were so not. considerably less. No, they were not. Prior no, to they were not. So that's the other
and that hasn't changed. Yeah. It's had that reputation yeah. for eons. So, I mean, it's still going to draw because of that. But, okay, Kaylin, go on with what you're adding. No, what I was going to say, when you do a write-up like that about Mr. Yorton and all that he's done, it really sent a heartfelt message of just why the show is so big and why it means so much to so many natural athletes. And then to do a disservice by not paying the amount that a Yorton would have been happy to see go out to the competitor. It really caused a lot of heartache, a lot of headache, and a lot of confusion. Um, when you have that many pro athletes, that the winnings are covered. You don't even have to use the attendance fees uh, for, for the people that are out in the audience. That money is covered. And it was sad when, uh, you know, when people started asking that question, they were either blocked, befriended, or ignored. So that that's, you, you can't have and not the bad. If you're going to say this is how we're going to do things, then follow it up. Because I guarantee if the athletes don't show up, there's no show. And you don't have a show like the Norton with the numbers that you have. I mean, you figure just the bodybuilding side, pro bodybuilding, and you've got the winning cover just off of that alone. And then when you have every other pro side plus the amateurs, this money is well within reach to pay out the top earnings to the overall and with the classes. This is, like Des said, is the normal state of the Orton. This is how it runs. This is not like they said, we're going to introduce this this year and see how it works. This is the, the SOP, the standard order, uh, order of procedure. So it, it was really shocking to have that kind of competition and then have it all kind of derailed by not paying the pro athletes by pro athletes. It, it's kind of a uh, it, 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 it was almost like a bait and switch. You set up this great uh, status with that great post, and then all of a sudden you pull the rug out from the competitors by not paying post. This is something, I mean, guys, you, you, if you're talking about a big show, it's big for a reason. There's a draw to it. Granted, the competitors want to compete with the best, but they also want to be paid like both, not like a, you know a, a, a local show that's pro-am, and basically, when you're talking about big, you basically bring big. I mean, what is it, go big or go home? And then you, you, you basically say, I'm taking all, everything and going where. If the competitors are the ones that drive the show, what does this do for next year? Because the Jordan, it doesn't go off a reputation of being the Jordan without the competition that comes up and sets on the Jordan face. And I think something was lost in translation, and I hope they get the, the Rosetta Stone to get this thing figured out because it's too big a show to have fall to the wayside. Really poor marketing. Yes? No, I think you covered it. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I if if there's no additional information being shared and we're not confident that any more will be shared, all we can do is wait to see what happens next year. And it's really unfortunate. I I just don't know. I yeah. just don't know. I mean, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. 
Yep. That's all I got. Because it does, I mean, it just brings together so many phenomenal athletes in one place. There are very few shows where you're going to see all of this going on. In fact, there's less, there's probably less than a handful, a handful of large shows that pull this caliber of competition. And it's just, it just sucks for the athletes. I mean, it sucks financially, yes, but then it just also sucks for those that like to show up and compete. <laughs> because so that opportunity now is diminished. So I just, I hate to hear it. I do too. We are fans of the sport. Uh, I don't know if anybody missed that. We are. <laughs> we are. We are. And you know what, guys? I mean, in the, and we're still going to cover the shows regardless of what is going on with the promoters because it's about the athletes. And the athletes still deserve their due even though crazy stuff goes on on the other side of the equation sometimes. So, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. I, I totally agree. Other than, you know, when when you have a, a fan-driven, pro, a promoter-driven, a competitor, coach-driven, nutritionist-driven, one of the biggest things that can be a great motivator for the person that's struggling with those last two or three weeks is the end game, and that's a nice little payout yep. to win seventy five hundred. So if you got that as a motivator, that might get you over the cusp as compared to basically breaking even uh, for a show and hopefully having your family still love you when you get home. Um, it's great to see the stars <laughs> shine on stage, but they have to be family when they get home. And if they can't explain everything that they're putting into it, they don't get the support that some of them need to basically finish the game. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And like that said, it's tough when you don't financially fall through with what you uh, had addressed or presented. And it's just not fair to the athlete. So we're not down in the order. Great competition, great show, and great names. And if you have those kind of names, you don't want to have it diminished by not addressing their needs as competitors and pro athletes. And that's all I got. Yep. That's what he said. So, I guess since we all have said what we got to say, I think the only thing left to and say is Snickerdoodle shout out. We got to say it. So, go ahead and say it. And not on a donut. <laughs> but if he could get it on a donut, you'd know that he would. So, on yes, behalf of KP the boys from P4P Muscle, Snickerdoodle Donuts everywhere, and myself. Your body is a temple, <laughs> so let's build it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.